I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with David B. Wright, a very well-known pro-life activist from the States. How are you doing, David? I am doing just fantastic, and thank you so much for having me on. Now, David, I've heard a lot about this organisation that uh, you're the national director of. It's called 40 Days for Life. For those who haven't heard what it's all about, tell us all about it. Well, 40 Days for Life is a, a faith-based pro-life activity and recognizing the crisis of abortion that affects the entire world and is, in fact, the leading cause of death in our world, ending more than 42 million lives every single year. Many people are very frustrated by this situation or are trying to figure out, what can I do to help make a difference right where I live? And that's what gave birth to what became the movement of 40 Days for Life. It was literally an hour of prayer that was born out of frustration that led four of us to just seek God's will on how we could help to save lives in the community where we lived at the time in Texas. And during one hour of prayer, the three things that God put on our heart were, number one, the importance of prayer and fasting for an end to abortion, because we know that with God all things are possible, and we also know that, according to Scripture, some demons can only be driven out through prayer and fasting. So we have to start there. The second thing that we felt led to do was to hold a constant, peaceful prayer vigil outside of the local abortion facility in the town where we lived, bearing witness to the injustice of what was happening inside, but most importantly, being there to offer love and compassion and help to those who were at risk of making an abortion decision, those mothers in a time of crisis that were just many times feeling very pressured into having an abortion, and to make sure that they knew they could choose other options other than abortion. So that was the second thing. And then the third thing that we felt led to do was to engage in community outreach, taking this message of the sanctity of human life and spreading it to friends and family and fellow believers and anybody we could. So those three ideas wrapped around the time frame of 40 days, which of course is a very spiritually significant time frame. We see many times that transformation has occurred throughout history in 40-day time frames, and that's why we felt led to do these three things for 40 days. That gave birth to the very first 40 Days for Life campaign in that local community, and we had over a 1,000 people get involved in that first inaugural effort, and abortions that year in our town fell by 28%, sparing over 100 children from abortion, sparing over 100 mothers from a lifetime of regrets. So that's what gave birth to 40 Days, that's what it's made up of, and it has only continued to spread not only all across the United States, but now literally around the world to 440 cities, and we've seen half a million people involved in 40 Days for Life campaigns, and the results have just been beyond our wildest expectations. Now, I know you're planning to come out to Australia and uh, you know do a bit of a speaking tour. What's the message you're going to be bringing to Australia? Well, there are a number of things that we're going to be sharing, and the most important is the message of hope. Uh, children are dying from abortion in Australia. They are dying in, in all the major cities, and, and many times people are leaving the smaller uh, communities and the more rural areas and going to the major cities to have abortions. And sometimes it's very easy for all of us to just want to despair and be frustrated. But we're reminded in Scripture that, uh, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, they are plans for good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And there is a bright future, and if we're willing to pray, if we're willing 
willing to fast, if we're willing to put our faith into action, if we're willing to do concrete things that can make a difference, we can help to save lives. We've seen 5,928 babies spared from abortion through 40 Days for Life efforts. And that's something that people across Australia need to know. We were just the other night talking with the leader from Perth who led the 40 Days for Life campaign in Perth, Australia. And through their two 40 Days for Life campaigns, they know of 14 babies who were scheduled to be aborted whose lives were saved. So that gives people hope. Another thing that people need to recognize is that together, if we are willing to put our faith into action, we can bring about a breakthrough in the communities where we live, in the states, across our nations, and people are doing that right now. We have seen, since 40 Days for Life began, 25 abortion facilities that have closed their doors and gone out of business for good following those 40-day seasons when people prayed and, and fasted and stood outside those facilities in peaceful witness. And that same thing can happen, whether it's in Sydney or in Adelaide or in Hobart or Melbourne or wherever it is in Brisbane, people can take a faithful stand peacefully, lovingly, offering hope to those in, in a crisis situation. But they can make a difference, and that can lead to a breakthrough. I remember talking with Warwick Marsh on the phone when he first started beginning to discuss the speaking tour across Australia. And one of the things he said to me struck me when he said, Australia needs a miracle right now. And that's the same thing we need here in the United States. But the good news is that we serve a God who is about miracles and who accomplishes miracles in our day and time. So the message we'll be bringing is that there is hope. Miracles can happen. We can see breakthroughs if we, each of us, are willing to take the talents, the gifts, the skills that we have been given, and if we're willing to put them into action, great things can happen, they are happening, and we can't wait to see what will happen in the year 2013 and beyond. Now, David, I, I know we've been a part of a couple of phone conferences, and uh, I've heard you share uh, a couple of uh, the reasons why you're so passionate about this pro-life message, and I know a number of people on the phone were moved to tears hearing you share about, uh, you know, the heart behind this message. Uh, do you want to just share with us a little bit about what moved you uh, to be a part of this pro-life organization? Absolutely. Well, a couple of things. The first thing was I am very blessed. I married a woman who is an incredible woman of God. She is my best friend. Uh, we will be celebrating this coming week our 20th anniversary of marriage and she will be coming with me to Australia along with our two children, Claire and Patrick, and she's the best mother I could ever hope for for our children. But Margaret, when we first met, I had never been actively involved in pro-life work. In fact, I really didn't want to be involved in pro-life work. I was worried about it. I wondered what people would think of me. I thought it would be controversial and uncomfortable. But what Margaret helped me to realize, she had grown up in a Christian family that every week went out to pray quietly outside of abortion facilities, and one by one by one, they saw every one of those abortion facilities in their town of Corpus Christi, Texas, go out of business because God heard their prayers and answered their prayers. And as she shared those stories with me, it really began to speak to my heart that if there is a crisis in our world, and abortion is clearly a crisis, and if there are things that we as people of faith and conscience can do about it, then we need to do something about it for such a time as this. So Margaret really was the impetus, the, the starting point for me to get involved in this work. But from there, the things that kept me going and deepened my commitment were the seeing God work victories through his people. And I know one of the stories I shared the other night that's very near and dear to my heart We've seen, since 40 Days for Life began, as I mentioned, 5,928 children that we know of that have been spared from abortion. Of all of those, I've personally only ever met two of them. 
The first one was after I had been involved in 40 Days for Life for two and a half years, and I had been traveling uh, away from my family for quite a while and was coming back through Pennsylvania and stopped in a town of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And when I got there, I spoke that evening for a pregnancy center that offered help to mothers in crisis situations. And right before I got up to speak, a woman gave her testimony of how the center had helped her And she shared that a few months earlier, she had been going in to the local abortion facility to have an abortion that was scheduled. And as she was opening the door to that facility to have the abortion, to destroy the life of the child, and to to have that decision that would create physical, emotional, spiritual scars for her, she looked out to the street, and there were a few people quietly praying out on the street as a part of a 40 Days for Life. One of those ladies was holding a sign that said, My abortion hurt me. And that woman's name was Karen, and she herself, years earlier, had had an abortion. And she'd always felt, how can I tell somebody else, don't have an abortion when I had one myself? But that day, she said she felt that God spoke to her heart and said, you need to go. And as she stood there with that sign, that woman saw the sign and then made eye contact with Karen. And Karen simply said to her, across that divide of that piece of property in front of that abortion center, she said, I will help you. And that was all it took. The woman ran over to Karen and said, I need a lot of help, and tears were falling down her face. And Karen took this young lady to a local pregnancy center around the corner, and those believers came around that mother during her pregnancy and then even after her little baby boy was born, and she named her little boy Jakai. And that night, right before I get up to speak, this mother told this story, and then she introduced everybody to her baby boy, and another woman brought Jakai up on the stage, and I was just crying. I was so emotionally struck by the courage of this woman and just knowing how this had impacted her life. After the banquet, Matt, she came running up to me and she said, Mr. B. Wright, I want to thank you for 40 Days for Life, what it meant for me, what it meant for my son. And she said, I just wanted to tell you how much I really appreciate you. And I said to her, it had nothing to do with me. I've never been in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania before. I had nothing to do. I wasn't there that day. It was Karen. It was these local people. But she said, but wouldn't you like to hold my little boy, Jukai? And that moment for me was so precious to get to hold in my arms this little baby boy made in God's image and likeness who came so close to dying from abortion, but to hold him in my arms and realize everything I've done, all of this work, all the challenges, all the sacrifices, all the setbacks, all the times when I've been uncomfortable, it's all worth it. And my message to your listeners today, Matt, is really the same. If you have not yet had the experience of holding in your arms a beautiful boy or girl that is made in God's image and likeness, that is alive because you said yes to God's call to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, my prayer is that you do have that blessing one day. You do get to hold a child that is alive because of your efforts, and that will be when you'll know that it's all worth it, and that your efforts really did lead to a breakthrough in Australia. Well, David, it is uh, just a, a moving story, and I can just picture you holding that baby in your arms, and uh, what an amazing moment. Uh, now, now, David, I guess we, we've just got to be real about this, and you know, there are probably people that are listening that maybe have had an abortion and mm-hmm. uh, maybe now regretting that and, and feeling a little convicted. There is healing in Jesus for those who've been through, uh, you know, the trauma of an abortion. Do you want to just speak to those listeners that might need some healing in that area? 
Absolutely. And one of the first things I always want to acknowledge is that every one of us is a sinner. We are all sinners. We have all fallen short of God's expectations and hopes for us in our lives. And so whenever we speak about the sin of abortion, I want people to recognize we all have sinned, we all have fallen short, and this sin is no different than any other sin. It's not an unforgivable sin. It's a sin that God says, though your sins are as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. And if we are willing to repent of our sinful ways, and if we're willing to turn away from those, God promises us that he will come in, and he will cleanse us and help us to begin anew. And we have seen through 40 Days for Life, close to half of the people who have led campaigns across the states and now internationally themselves have had abortions. And the reason that they have chosen to be involved in this effort is, number one, they have found healing through Christ, and there are many wonderful ministry programs that can help people to find that healing and to begin that journey of not only uh, asking God for forgiveness, but for forgiving yourself. But the other thing that people found is that this was a vehicle for them to help other people avoid the mistakes that they made themselves. There are many people who are carrying the pain of an abortion, and the good news is there is hope, there's healing, there's forgiveness, and you can use that challenge that you had in your life to then offer hope to others who are in the midst of that same type of situation who may be on the verge of making that same mistake. So there is hope, there is healing, and you, if you've been through that situation, after you go through that process of healing, maybe you can begin to offer that hope and healing to others who have been wounded by abortion and also to prevent others from making that same mistake themselves. Well, uh, David, it's been such a blessing to have you on the program today. And uh, when you're out here in Australia, I'll just mention a few of the dates. If people want to find out more, uh, you're going to be in Brisbane on Thursday, August 23, Canberra on Friday, August 24, in Melbourne on Saturday and Sunday, August 25 and 26, uh, then in Adelaide, August 28, uh, in Perth on August 29, Sydney on September 1 and 2. And uh, when you're out here speaking, uh, w- what's the main message that you think you'll be sharing? The main message that I'll be sharing is that you can make a difference. This is the great crisis of our generation, and history is going to look back on each of us and ask, how did we respond when faced with this enormous tragedy of abortion? And we have a decision to make. Will we be part of the solution, actively involved in doing everything we can to rescue those being led to the slaughter, as we're called in Scripture to do? Or will we, by sitting on the sidelines, be a part of the problem by not doing anything to correct it? And I just want your listeners to know, and those we are with together when when my family is there in Australia, to know that you truly can make a difference. You can help to save lives. You can change hearts and minds, and literally... By the grace of God Almighty, you can help to make an impact on eternal souls. And all we have to do is say yes to the call that he has given us. He can and will work through us. So that's my most important message, whether it's 40 Days for Life, whether it's being involved in in education efforts, whether it's being involved in in legislative or political efforts, whether it's being involved in post-abortion healing or, or crisis pregnancy help, whatever it is, there's some way that you can use the talents and gifts that God has given you to help to save lives, to help to change minds, and help to impact souls. So let's make it happen. Let's really work towards a massive breakthrough for Australia, for America, and for our entire world throughout the rest of 2012 and into 2013. 
Well, we're so looking forward to having you out in Australia, uh, and you're being brought out by the National Day of Prayer and Fasting, which is on Feb 10 uh, in uh, Parliament House in Canberra uh, in 2013. Also, the 40 Days for Life movement in Australia, which you're the founder of. And uh, if people want to find out more, the website to go to is lifenetwork.org.au, and then you can see the dates of uh, David's Australian tour. Well, David B. Wright, uh, thank you so much for joining us, mate. I reckon you're a history maker. Well, thank you so much, Matt. God bless you, and appreciate you having me on. Thanks so much for joining us on History Makers today. You know, the vision of History Makers is to spread the good news of Jesus Christ through conversation to the nations of the world. We're now on over 58 radio stations around Australia and Pacific nations, and we're so excited about the opportunity we have to broadcast the good news on the airwaves. If you would like to make a donation, please go to our website, historymakersradio.com. There you can also download interviews. We've got some great web links and some great information for you about following Jesus. So please, go to historymakersradio.com. I'm Matt Prater. God bless. Go and make history. History Makers.